the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Rosenthal Wealth Management. For Making Money Sense, live with Larry Rosenthal. Planners and is here to answer your questions right now. Author, speaker, and talk show host Larry Rosenthal is dedicated to teaching others financial stewardship from a biblical point of view. Call Larry now. Studio lines are open at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Making Money Sense is on the air. Well, welcome once again to the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense. And here he is, Larry Rosenthal himself, live on YouTube and live on Sirius XM and WAVA and other places as well. Good morning, sir. Well, good morning, Chris. And how are you today? I think I think we're okay. I'm enjoying the this frigid weather all across the United States. Well, I'm glad you're enjoying it. Not a lot of people are, you know. Well, I'm a kind of an Eskimo. I mean, you know, I kind of there you it. go. Yeah. Hopefully, it warms up here pretty soon yeah, for everybody. That's for sure. Pretty Def- chilly. Definitely. Lots of lots yep. of weather around. Yep, and a lot of learning coming out of this. That's for sure. <laughs> that's true. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal. I'd like to welcome our longtime listeners on WAVA in uh, Washington D.C. and Baltimore for many, many years, as well as our listeners on Sirius XM, coast to coast, border to border, Family Talk Channel 131. It's Open Mic Saturday. Any questions at all, no holes barred right here. It's Open Mic Saturday with any of your questions on the economy, the markets, financial planning, retirement planning, college funding, Social Security, when to claim it, when to defer it, you know, all different things. No holes barred. It's Open Mic Saturday. I look forward to Saturday every week, Chris. It's because I like to to do a lot of the questions, you know. We get questions from all over the country all the time on all different subjects. So feel free to give us a ring this morning at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-ROSE-123 or 855-767-3123. Let's take a look at the economy right now and quick and see what happened this past week in the markets. You know, the markets have kind of taken a pause as far as this melt-up that's been going on, you know, the last couple of months. The markets just sort of been slowly climbing, 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 and it's been based off of a few things. The rebound of corporate earnings, a very accommodative Fed in the backdrop, without a doubt on that, and and uh, the vaccine, and then the talk about new stimulus coming out. And so... What we've seen now this past week or 10 days or so is the market's kind of taking a breath real quick, and it's digesting some numbers. And these are crucial, crucial numbers, and and what it's really focusing on is the 10-year Treasury bond. The 10-year Treasury bond this past week er, grew by 13 basis points, up to 1.32%. Now, some people are going, hey, that's great. I mean, I can buy a 10-year bond, and instead of earning 0.5, I can earn one32 Yes, that is correct. But this is a very good canary in the coal mine uh, indicator when it comes to what are prices for goods and services going to be down the road a little bit. 
as we start to see more inflation creep into the system. Energy prices are rising. Cost of goods are starting to rise right now. And you can keep an eye on the 10-year Treasury. So, so this is a healthy thing for the economy as long as it's not too healthy, as long as there's not too much inflation, right? So it's a balancing mix. Think about that teeter-totter or the, or the uh, uh, seesaw that you would get on when you were kids, you know, up and down and, and, and things like that. And so you want to make sure that, that as the 10-year bond continues to slowly climb, that it doesn't go too fast. And the good news about this is that the Federal Reserve has said, you know what, we're going to let the economy run hot for a little while. In other words, it used to be that when they would, they would try to get a targeted 2% inflation, then take a look and go, okay, boys and girls, we, we've got enough inflation in the system. Let's sort of tamp down the brakes of the economy and slow it down a little bit. Because the Federal Reserve's mandate basically is, is well, there's many of them, but two main focuses is price stability on goods and services and maximum employment. And both of those um, uh, mandates fight against each other. You know, if you want to have maximum employment, that means wages rise, that means people spend more money, and the goods go up, right? Cost of goods and services go up. So then they have to sort of put the brakes on the economy so people aren't spending too much, and then that drops down the growth expectations on corporate earnings, which then drops down the stock market performance, so a little bit there. So bottom line is the Fed has sort of changed last year they made this announcement and they they're, they're going to change this targeted two percent inflation to a an average inflation of two percent so it begs to ask the question you know what's the average calculated off of what length of time you know if you take a look at the last and i'll just make up some an example here the last five years if inflation's been running at one percent and we get to two percent that means another five years from now, it's got to run at three in order to have a 10-year period of time to average two, right? So, so what's the length of time that they're looking at this? So it's, it's, it's a little bit more subjectivity to it. Bottom line is that it's going to allow stocks and the economy to run a little bit larger and a little bit harder. But, you know, just remember, too, that, that some of the stocks in the market this, this past, you know, couple of weeks that have had very high P.E. ratios have had a tough time. They've been sold off a little bit here, and and that's as a result of, of more inflation coming into the system. So it's going to be interesting to see how this sort of plays out. Uh, the underpinnings of the economy look look to be a lot stronger now and a lot of anticipation with the reopening of, of the global economy, really, with the vaccine numbers uh, rising and the new um, uh, infections dropping, I should say. Uh, so, so, so from that standpoint, things look pr- look pretty positive. And and uh, you know, Janet Yellen, the the new Treasury Secretary, this past week was was making some comments about you know, look, going forward, you know, we we we've we've got to have this big um, impact of stimulus, and and the benefit of that is not as bad as the inflation that it's going to bring into the system because she's pointing to her old employer, the Federal Reserve, which can basically has tools in their in their uh, tool chest to to uh, you know tamper down inflation when it when it's when it's time to do that. I wonder so. if she's got a pension from that other old employer. What do you think? Maybe, probably. <laughs> she's, she's I mean, she well. you know she's a federal employee. She's been there for a long, long time. You know, she so you're you're you 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 qualify just like anyone else would qualify, right? Sure, sure. You know, so it's not like you you get a job with the Fed and 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 eight months later you're the Fed chair. 
That's true. You, you've got to pay your time there on, on that uh, as far as that goes, yeah. Although, if we get you in there, maybe we can get you to be the Fed chair right away. Yeah, but they're just going to promote me right I would probably right not vote for that, though. <laughs> oh, man. So, yep, yep. I don't know. We'll hurt my feelings here in a minute. Oh, I don't know. It might be a fun thing, though. It might be a fun experience. Well, but we'll put know. you in there. How's that sound? We'll put you in there for a quarter so you can do a meeting. You can do the Fed briefing. How's that? Yeah, sure. All right. Yep. There we go. There we go. No, no worries at all. But, hey, you know, on, on uh, some other positive note, you know, industrial production has shot up uh, to, to almost pre-pandemic levels. Uh, it rose last month at 0.9%. And producer price index uh, is, is starting to rise. It's at 1.3%. So, you know, data is showing inflationary which means the reopening of, of the economy again, which is a good thing. We just don't want too much inflation, right? We want it to be like Goldilocks. Not, you know, we, 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 need, it, we need it, but we don't want too much. We want it to be just right. And that's the balancing act that, that the economy is going to uh, have, well, that the Fed is going to have to navigate through with the economy and the markets and things like that. So stay tuned. Expect a little bit of volatility in the markets here, but as we get closer to the stimulus, the question now on Wall Street is basically, is this going to be a, a scenario of buy the rumor and sell the news? In other words, once the stimulus comes out, whatever it may be, whenever it does come out, is it going to be a sell-off in the markets because we've, okay, now we've got this. What's next? What's in front of us next? We'll have to wait and see how that really plays out. But, you know, the economy is shaping up right now. Uh, you know, based off of the the, the reopening uh, to, to, to have a pretty good year this year uh, is, is what consensus seems to be on Wall Street. Now, there's no guarantees to anything like that wh- whatsoever. Uh, but, you know, as far as the expansion goes and, and the, the economy getting back on track a little bit. So good information from that standpoint. You know, hey, you know, I always start to show off with a little bit of what's going on in the markets and the economy. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Also, check out our website, LarryRosenthal.com. Like us and follow us on Facebook. Sign up for our, our e-newsletter. We, we uh, send out a newsletter with financial education material for you each month, and uh, we'll be happy to, to, to go about doing that. There's no charge for that as well. So, Chris, we're going to take a quick break here. Let's open up the phone lines. Give us a call here with any of your financial planning or investment questions on should I convert to a Roth IRA? What's going on in my 401K plan? What about the markets, the economy, new legislation? What's happening out there? Any questions at all? 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. You're listening to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal. We'll be back in a moment. Listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855 Rose 123. That's 855 767 3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. There are still too many countries that give little or no assistance to disabled children. In third world nations, these children could be left alone while parents try to eke out a living. About 10 years ago, residents of Prince William and Fauquier counties in Virginia formed Children with Disabilities Fund International. It focuses on the needs of disabled children. 
CDFI's current work in Jamaica and Kenya supports about 300 disabled children and their families. For some of these children, they're getting the care they need for the first time in their lives. CDFI recently began an individual child sponsorship program in an effort to better meet the needs of these disabled children. To choose your child to sponsor, go to thecdfi.org. That's thecdfi.org. Your gift will help transform not only a disabled child's life, but the lives of their parents and of the surrounding community. Go to thecdfi.org. Make a difference. Go to thecdfi.org. Now nationwide and coast to coast from sea to shining sea, call now, 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. Live from the nation's capital, this is the Larry Rosenthal Show. Welcome back to the Larry Rosenthal Show, 855-767-3123, 855-ROSE-123. To talk to Larry Rosenthal, our financial and retirement expert here, well, in not in our studio, but in a studio here this morning. Right, Larry? We're all over the place, Chris, <laughs> in this COVID economy, that's for sure. We're definitely all over the place, but it's good to see you wherever you are. Yes, yes, and you can check us out on LarryRosenthal.tv on YouTube. We're streaming live. So if you want to see how things are done in the uh, radio world these days, people in all different locations, <laughs> feel free to, to check it out, LarryRosenthal.tv. You can you can see where we're at. Well, yeah, and, what's, uh, that, what's that tree there in the background on Larry oh, Rosenthal? Oh, that's an TV. old tree there, Chris. Yeah, yep. that's good. No yep. lights on it, though. It would be light, there would be lights on it if it was in my house. Yeah. Uh, there you go. Yep, yep. <laughs> that, that's exactly right. So, yeah. Hey, in 1 Timothy chapter 6, 17 through 19, it says, Command those that are rich in this present world not to be arrogant or to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, uh, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command those to do good, to be rich in good deeds, to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasures for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age, so that they may take hold of of the life that's true that of of life that is truly life. And you know, think about that. That has a lot of different conversations involved in those couple of verses right there. You know, and, and talking about money all the time and trying to accumulate wealth and what to do with it and things like that. So just keep it in perspective, you know. And we were talking earlier at the top of the show this morning about the 10-year Treasury note as, you know, watching it go up. Why is there so much emphasis on the 10-year Treasury note? <clears throat> That's the question, Chris. Why? Why not the one-year Treasury note? Why not the 30-year, right? What What's up with the 10-year? Well, the 10-year Treasury note impacts a lot of things that you and I deal with all the time. The mortgage rate, too, right? Is that... Your mortgage rate, that's exactly right, okay? It, it impacts your mortgage rate without a doubt. So when you see that 10-year note starting to climb, that means that interest rates are going up when it comes to buying or refinancing homes or getting a whole, home equity line of credit or a, you know, a, whatever it may be on your, on your mortgage. You know, so, so we're starting to see those interest rates climb up a little bit. Uh, what about corporate bonds? They affect corporate bond financing, okay? Um, at the same time, your annual credit card statement can go up uh, with, with the 10-year Treasury going up. It, it also ties into automobile loans, RV loans, all different types of loans, student loans, personal loans, okay? Savings rate at the banks as well. So the 10-year note is very important 
to to keep an eye on it. And so people will say, well, well, you know, if if it's going up, what what does this mean? How is it going up? If the Federal Reserve's are not raising interest rates, how's the ten-year note going up? So if you stop and think about this, the 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 Federal Reserve is going to raise or lower their interest rate, the the overnight lending rate um, that banks swap money out each each night. That's a, a tool to to. Uh, tighten up the money supply in the economy or, or keep it loose a little bit, if you will. But when the 10-year Treasury goes up, that means people are selling out of that bond. They're selling bonds, which means the price drops and the interest or the yield starts to go up. That's a very good indicator that people are looking to take on a little bit more risk, meaning the anticipation of the economy continuing to expand. And that's what we're starting to really take a look at as far as that goes. Let's go ahead and welcome Sharon on the line from Maryland. Good morning, Sharon. Sharon, how are you today? I'm fine. How are you? I'm well. How can I help you? Yes, I'm calling uh, with a question about annuities. Okay. And um, I'm going to be coming into a fairly large amount of money um, because of the passing of my father, like an inheritance. I'm sorry to hear about that. Okay. Thank you. And I am 60 years old. Um, I don't have that much saved for retirement, maybe $145,000. I'm looking Uh to retire maybe in the next 10 years. And um, my banker has suggested um, putting the money from the estate of my father and annuities. I was just wondering what you thought about that. Well, Sharon, an an annuity is an investment vehicle just like any other, uh, a mutual fund, an ETF, a stock, whatever it may be. They all have pros and cons to them. And when you you look in the annuity arena, there's three types of of annuities. There's a, a fixed annuity, then there's an equity indexed annuity, and then there's a variable annuity. And all three of them bring different things to the table. But the number one purpose that people would purchase an annuity is that they want to have a minimum guaranteed income for the rest of their life, okay? That's the number one driving goal. But if you're 10 years down the road, you have to ask the question, how is the money in this annuity going to grow in order to give me that guaranteed income down the road? And there are some, most annuities out there have very, um, they, they cap your growth year by year, okay? Uh, there are some annuities out there that give you the full breadth of the market every year, and they also have some downside protection to them for income protection purposes as well. So I'm not a, a, a anti-annuity, and I'm not a pro-annuity. I'm, I'm somebody who says, you know what, let's take a look at, at what your situation is. First of all, what are your expenses going to be? When you get down the road to retire, we can sort of estimate that. Are you going to have a pension? What's your estimated Social Security going to be? Why would we take all of your money and put it into an annuity? Maybe if your expenses, let's just do some simple math, are $5,000 a month, all right, just as an example. Mm-hmm. Let's say they're $5,000 a month, and let's say Social Security is going to give you $2,000 a month, and you don't have any other pension. Now, what if we were to take a portion of that money and put it into an annuity, and that'll give you another $2,000 a month, and then invest the rest of it? 
because sometimes in annuities there are fees that are higher than other types of investments out there. Plus, money in an annuity is usually non-liquid. It's not like you can reach into this annuity and pull money out 15 years from now and go to the beach with your grandkids. Okay, you, you're dependent right. upon that stream of income. So we want to set it up so that you have some money that's protected that's going to take care of your base needs each month. And the rest of the money, we want to be liquid and lower fees in some cases. So if I were to bring 100 financial advisors into this room right now, the first third are going to tell you, put it all in an annuity and just protect it all and don't worry about the returns. The next third are going to tell you, never put it into an annuity because they don't like them. Okay? And I'm in the middle. Right. I see some merits to have some money in annuities and some money not. So the, the answer to the question, my, or the answer to your question is a question back to you, is did this person, did this advisor sit down with you and run a financial plan and show you how much you need to put into annuities and the reason why? If not, why are they suggesting it? Because they just want to put it in there for maybe other reasons? You see what I mean? So, so we need to do a need scenario on what your income needs are today as well as down the road. And we also have to ask the question, what's going to advance the, the, the growth of the money inside the annuities as well? So, so that's the way that I would answer that question. I, I, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm pro and con to them, just like I am to mutual funds and ETFs. And they all have pros and cons to them, Sharon. So if you like, I'll right. be more than happy to uh, – uh, have one of our advisors reach out to you next week and explain to you the differences in annuities, run a, run a cash flow needs analysis to see even if you need any money in one. You might not even need money in an annuity, or maybe you need a small portion into an annuity. And then you have right. to take a look okay. at the different types of annuities that are available. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Yep, absolutely. Well, listen, okay. I'm sorry about your dad. I'll put you on hold here, and Bob will thank get you. your contact information, and we'll have someone reach out to you next week, okay? Okay, thank you so much. Absolutely. Let me place you on a quick hold there. Appreciate the phone call. You listen to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Let's bring Dale on from Arkansas. Good morning, Dale. How are you today? I'm doing well, thank you. Sure. How can I help you, sir? Well, uh, I'm nearing uh, nearing retirement age. Uh, I'm 59, and uh, I don't have a financial advisor right now. Uh, I've been investing in a 401k for, for 25, 30 years. Um, I have savings here and there and a house and whatnot. And what I'm looking for is I've started looking for a financial advisor for these last maybe five years of, of my working career. And uh, the deluge of information out there is, is, is overwhelming as far as, who to go with, how to select one. So I'd like to hear your advice on maybe the few-step process of how to go go about finding the right advisor, one that, first of all, I can trust uh, and that has the best interest of me, uh, you know, and, and as far as where I'm going. Absolutely, Dale. Uh, I so, many years ago, but I haven't. So. Sure. So so first of all, I would, I would say, you know, Talk to an advisor, and ask, I've got a whole list of questions I can hit you with. <laughs> One is, are they a fiduciary? If they're a fiduciary, then everything they do has to be demonstrated that it's in your best interest and not theirs. And then secondly is I would say, show me the fees involved with working with you. 
you know, you might be the type of person, Dale, that wants to continue managing your money yourself. And if that and that could be fine. You can go to a financial advisor and hire him or her for a couple of hours to give you an unbiased view, grade all of your investments, give you a financial plan and say, "Hey, you know what, Dale? These are the things I see you doing well. These are some of the financial blind spots that you might not be aware of. You might want to look at this, that, and the other, okay? Or this mutual fund, why do you have it? It doesn't grade out well. Look at this one as an alternative, things like that. So you can go in and you can just, you know, for, for you know, a few hundred bucks an hour or whatever it is that, that you're going to pay this person, you can, you can uh, get a whole lot of information. And then you can also ask him or her, a list of questions. How do you charge on your fees? What's your buy and sell process? You know, how do you, can you demonstrate to me how you're studying the markets, the economy? Ask the financial advisor, are you managing the money, you and your team, or are you offloading it to a third-party money manager? If that's the case, you've got two levels of fees. You've got the third-party money manager and the financial advisor. That, those programs become more expensive. So that's one of the things, like in our firm, we manage the money ourselves. So, so you, 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 there's a whole list of questions there. You know, what, how often will you meet with me as a, as a client? You know, will I have access to online delivery of my financial plan? Will I be able to get updates? Every time I call your office, are you going to charge me? Or is the phone open all the time? You see what I mean? So, so yeah, all those, yeah. all those okay. types of questions are the questions you have to you, you have to be asking um, you know it's it's uh, uh, but but I, you first need to figure out what it is you want to try to do and and basically it sounds like to me you just need to get an overview of where you are right now and and ask the question if you keep doing what you've been doing where will you be down the road and then go from right, there that's, that's exactly exactly yeah. what I'm trying to figure yeah, out so, I don't know if I'm doing it right or what do I need to change for taxes and things like that Exactly. So we have people all the time coming up and saying, hey, Larry, can, can, you, can you tell us what we're doing and, and take a look at it? And, and traditionally what happens at that particular point is, you know, we run an analysis, do a deep dive on all of your current investments, look at it from a tax perspective, an estate planning perspective, a risk-adjusted return perspective, give you a full analysis on it all, and then you can make decisions and things like that. And then, you, you know, in the interview, you also talk to them and say, you know, how do you get paid and just, you know, are you a fiduciary? And, and, and a lot of the questions are, you know, what's your buy-sell decision process? You know, can you yeah, demonstrate yeah. to me how you're watching the markets and the economy? Show me what it okay. is. You know, in, in, in our firm, we have an investment policy team meeting once a month where we break down the economy and then we watch the investments every day and all that kind of stuff. You know, how are these people doing right. it on your behalf? So those are the, some of the questions right there. Just for a few, I mean, I can go on and on about it all. Um, right. But all right. Well, the fiduciary is something I hadn't, hadn't thought of, so that's that's a good point. Absolutely. Yep. Definitely. And ask, what is your typical product mix? You know, do you do you like to put people into stocks only, or ETFs only, or UITs? Do you do options? Do you do annuities? Do you do insurance? You know, do mm -hmm. you, can you help me with my basics in estate planning? Um, you know, do you work with CPA firms so that you can help me with taxes when we look to make moves in the market and things like that? Do you work with an estate okay. planning attorney? You know, all that kind of stuff. So, 
Definitely. Okay. Um, well, yeah. Very yeah. helpful. Very helpful. Well, thank you. Absolutely. Dale, if you want, I'll, I'll put you on hold, and Bob will get some of your contact information, and we can send you out sort of a longer list of things on, on how to interview a financial advisor, okay? Oh, that'd be much appreciated. Thank you. Yep, let me go ahead and do that. I'll place you on hold. Appreciate the phone call. You're listening to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Let's bring Kevin on the line from Maryland. Good morning, Kevin. How are you today? Yes, good morning, Larry. I'm doing well. Uh, thanks for taking my call. My, I have a two-part question. I'll be brief. I'm receiving long-term disability insurance from my employer, and they advised me that I needed to apply for Social Security disability insurance for my Social Security, which I did, and I just got approved for that. And they sent me a awards letter for a lump sum of money, which I uh, re uh, reported to my insurance company who's paying me, and they cited it as an overpayment. And uh, this was kind of confusing to me what that was all about and how it would affect my taxes for this year or the year before. Well, Kevin, it, it should not affect your, your taxes um, on your on your disability from your insurance company, were you paying the premiums or was your employer paying the premiums for you? Uh, my employer was paying the premiums. So with your employer paying the premiums, that means when you go on disability claim, that means that income is taxable to you. Had you been paying the premiums, the income would have been tax-free to you. That's the answer to that. Then as far as the Social Security uh, giving you a lump sum, back, that's usually in, re in uh, uh, retrospect of the length of time you've been on claim that they hadn't been paying, all right? Um, right. I, I got to look that up, but I don't believe that that is going to be taxable to you, okay? Um, but okay. I, I need to check on that one real quick, and I can get a, a, a CPA answer for you on that. As a matter of fact, I see okay. you're, you're calling from Maryland. We have an office in Maryland, and we have a, a very close relationship with a CPA firm there. So I can have uh, Bob uh, get some information from you, and we'll have one of them give you a ring next week to get clarification oh. on that question because I think it has something to do with the amount of your adjusted gross income as well that hits your okay. uh, your, your uh, 1040 form also. So we'll have to take a look at that one for you, okay? Okay, Larry. Well, thank you so much for your help, and I appreciate your show. Absolutely. Well, God bless, Kevin. I'll put you on hold here, and Bob will get Thanks. your info from you. Appreciate the phone call. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. We're going to take a quick break with Chris. Let's keep these phone lines open. Let's keep the, the calls coming in. Open mic Saturday. Any questions at all on your financial planning, investments, mortgages, 401K, retirements, pensions, insurance, whatever it may be, give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. You're listening to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal. We'll be back in a moment. Listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855 Rose 123. That's 855 767 3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. Here's another Money Minute with Larry Rosenthal. So many different ways to invest money. Lump sum deposits, buy and hold, market timing. 
How about dollar cost averaging? Put the same amount of money into the same investment at every interval, whether it's monthly, quarterly, annually, whatever it may be. This gives you the greatest opportunity to get the average price over the long term of the investment because one of the secrets to creating wealth is the acquisition of shares. You want to keep buying more and more shares over time. On the flip side, when you're in your retirement years and you want to distribute dollars to yourself for income, do the same thing in reverse. Dollar cost average out during your retirement years. seen and heard him on Fox Business, CNBC, and the Wall Street Journal. Larry Rosenthal is here right now to take your calls at 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. This is the Larry Rosenthal Show. Appreciate you listening today. 855-ROSE-123. 855-767-3123 is the number to call. Or you can watch us there on LarryRosenthal.tv. You can see Larry and Bob and, well, not myself at the moment, but I'll fix that. And we appreciate you listening. Larry. Sure, Chris. I see we're not seeing you. I know. We're I seeing your puppy that. dog. <laughs> yep, there you go. <laughs> Check it out, though. It's kind of fun. Yep. <laughs> see how it's all put together. I, I think it's a, a hoot anyway. Yeah. So uh, definitely. But, you know, speaking of the website, LarryRosenthal.com, you know, you can go sign up for our newsletter. I've seen we've got uh, lots of people today signing up for it. That's a good thing like to send out all this financial information for you. We want to deliver you proper financial education uh, on on how to you know how to how to do it. There's a lot of information out there and it's very very confusing and and a lot of times you hear things and it's people's opinions and stuff like that and you know we're going to be we'll tell you how it is. You know, we'll we'll definitely tell you how it is. That's that's for sure uh, when it when it comes to the financial planning end of things. So you know, we were talking, uh, well, we've been all over the, the, the map today talking about different things, but one of the questions is on Social Security. You know, what are some of the key questions you should be talking about with Social Security, you and your spouse, or, or, or you know, what do you, what do you do with it? How do you do it? You know, when, do you when take should it? you start? That's yeah. exactly right. When should you start? <clears throat> you know, should you start at 62? Should you wait to your normal retirement age? Should you wait all the way to age 70? These are these are scenarios that you need to run out in your financial plan. You know, when should you take Social Security? What are the different reasons why you want to wait, why you want to um, uh, uh, take it early? You know, and, and, and believe it or not, the math for many, many people shows that if you if you ta- if you're not working, you should take it early uh, when when you compare it with a financial plan of, of uh, you know, waiting to take it. So, you know, and should you continue to work while you're taking it? You know, if you're under the normal retire under your normal retirement age, and you start taking Social Security, then you're in risk of having to pay some of it back if you exceed their their minimum in, or their maximum income allowance, uh, which is around eighteen nineteen thousand dollars this year. Uh, you know, how can you best maximize your your Social Security program? You know, we we have a software that that we put put people's information into, and it shows you when you should claim it, when you shouldn't, and how you should do it, and all that kind of stuff in order to maximize it out. You know, these these are big big benefits. People often laugh and 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 uh, get you know uh, make fun of Social Security and things like that, and, and we all do that, right? <laughs> okay, but at the same time, it does provide a good amount of income for people uh, during their retirement years. So it's important to understand when to take Social Security, how to go about taking Social Security, and should you be working while you're taking Social Security. 
during your retirement years. So any questions on Social Security, you know, we've got actually a Social Security packet that we can send out to people. We've sent this out before many, many times. If you want to request it, just sort of all the key bullet points on Social Security, you can uh, go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com, shoot us off an email, and we'll just email it out to you next week sometime. It's a nice uh, PDF form. Uh, that, that you can look at and, and answer it'll answer a lot of your questions regarding social security so you know we were, we're also talking earlier today about a, a, a caller who called in and said you know how do I interview a financial planner right so during the last break I was like well you know let's let's pull up some of this stuff because what a great subject and and you know these are sort of some uh, self-examining questions you could ask yourself or the financial advisor right you know uh, for yourself you know, understand what's inside your mutual fund. What can your mutual fund do? Is your mutual fund by prospectus just going to sit into a large cap blend portfolio? Or can it go to mid cap and small cap at the same time? Right? Um, you know, wh why, why do you own the investments you own? When you're interviewing a financial advisor, he or she should be able to explain to you what's inside their current clients' portfolios and why they own them and demonstrate to you why they've made some changes over the years. You know, And then if you're doing it yourself, think about this. Why do you own the current investments that you own right now? What's the investment objective? What's the purpose of them? You know, How are you managing the dollars as far as what, making sure you've got a nice core built of your portfolio and then are you taking some, some, some advanced risk on some different areas in, in, in new technologies or whatever it may be, right? What I mentioned earlier to, to the other caller, what's the buy-sell decision process? They should be able to demonstrate to you what, how they go about evaluating the markets, the economy, and the investment positions that their clients are in. And if you're doing it yourself, you should be able to do that too. Why do you own what you own, Right. You know, and, 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 you know, how do you determine the quality of an investment versus the quality of another investment? What's the process to go through all of this? And then, you know, one of the things, too, is, is the caller earlier today, uh, um, you know, and I don't mean to pick on him at all because he had a great question. This is a fundamental need that our country has when it comes to understanding how to manage investment dollars. You know, but if you're if you're you know ten years out or five years out or three years out from retirement, you're still going to have some money in some growth positions. But one day when you get into that retirement, when you pull that retirement lever, you're going to have to very quickly turn that growth mode over to income mode. So are your current investments conducive to providing you income without selling off numbers of shares, right? Are you able to, you know, there, there, there's, uh, I, I did a webinar last month and I demonstrated that there's, there's six or seven different ways that your investments can start giving you income in retirement years without selling off shares in a, in a handful of them, right? Sort of quote unquote living off the interest, right? Or the dividend income. How are your investments, are they positioned that way now? Or are you going to have to make some changes into that arena in order to go about doing that? You know, what's, what's going on in the economy? What are you reading? What are you understanding about the markets and the economy? How about taxes in your investments? You know, lots of scenarios there. The IRS views our money through four different tax lenses. We've talked about this before. You know, so these are questions to be asking the advisor. You know, should I convert to Roth? Should I contribute to Roth? 
what should I do with all of this? What about tax-free municipal bonds? You know, if the Biden administration raises taxes, is that going to put tax-free municipal bonds in a better light? Are people going to demand those and the prices go up in that arena? What's going to happen with all of that? What about conservative tax-free bonds versus high-risk tax-free bonds? Which one's the right one for me? Which one's going to give me higher dividends and higher interest, right? You know, if, if you're in a, in a scenario where you just care about the income, who cares about the principal going up and down each month? You just want the income coming off of it, right? So there are investors out there that say, I need income off of this certain investment right here. I don't care about the principal going up and down. I just want to make sure I'm getting my check each month, right, Chris? So, so there's lots of different ways to really take a look at this and dig deep down into all of these things here. You know, managing money and, and, and working financial plans is not just, you know, looking at, at, at which stock gets traded the most and going out and buying it. There's a lot of different things involved, especially, especially when you're taking a look at the tax treatment of your investments. Taxes are the most expensive thing inside any investments out there at all. Hey, if you've got questions on this, give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-ROSE-123. Or if you like to dial the phone the way I do, 855-767-3123. Okay, in this you know, digital world, you know, what, what number do we hit and blah, blah, blah and all that. you got to look the, for the letters that correspond with the numbers. And, yeah, it's just a I problem. know. <laughs> Remember when texting first came out, Chris? You had to do that? You know, you, right, that you, was before you, my you time. Press it one or two times, you know, and, and uh, oh, there you go. Yep. You know, you, you press the button. Two times to get a certain letter, and three times oh, to get a different right. letter, and, and all that kind Back of stuff. Back when you had you the know? flip phones, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah, yeah, exactly. So I was w- happy when everybody was getting email and then smartphones, and now <laughs> information's flying around, right? Yeah. I guess uh, maybe slow down a little bit there. So, yeah. um, But, you know, un- understanding what's involved in your financial plan and understanding um, what's not, you know, there's also some, some bigger questions to be asking. And these are the questions that you don't know. These are the blind spot questions. You know, There's 130 points. We actually came up one time with 130 checkpoints that can be put into a financial plan. Now, I've never had anybody go through all 130, okay? Um, but we came up with a list of 130 checkpoints. So, so if you're not thinking about all these things, what are you missing? What questions are you not asking, right? You know, what, what, what are some of the financial planning blind spots in your overall portfolio? Um, and, and some of them are simply relocation scenarios. We've seen a lot of people want to relocate right away as soon as they retire, and they end up re- relocating to an area, and they lose their social network. Um, they end up being in an area that they're not, they ended up not liking so much. So make sure if you're if you're talking about doing that, you really want to go ahead and, and try and and uh, uh, examine that ahead of time. You know, maybe vacation there in a few different times of the year and things like that. So, hey, let's welcome Bob on the line from California. Good morning, Bob. How are you today? Good morning. How are you guys today? I'm well. How can I help you, sir? Good. Just just quick question for you. Um, so I recently retired, and my wife and I have been able to accumulate a pretty good substantial. Uh, investment portfolio. Um, I just wanted to question, uh, in working with my financial advisor, and this is with respect to a mortgage, we've got a small mortgage, 
Um, and I've been talking about maybe taking some of the money out of our out of our investment and paying off that mortgage. And he has encouraged me based off of the return on investment that we're gaining um, on the portfolio that that would be not not a really good move. For example, if I make an eight percent or nine percent annual return, and I've got a three percent interest rate, and I just wouldn't would uh, you know interested to hear your comment on that. And I can hang up and I'll listen. Sure, Bob. So here's my comment on that. I used to, I used to actually teach a, teach a seminar on the nine different ways to manage that question that you're talking about right there. And and um, the calculator is going to tell you to invest the money, pay off the mortgage as long as you can over time, and let compound interest work because mortgages are simple interest on declining balances most of the time with a tax deduction attached to it, whereas investments are compound interest on appreciating sums. And all you have to do is earn a positive rate of return. You don't even have to earn a, 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 a rate of return higher than the mortgage interest, okay? But here's the scenario right there. There's nothing wrong with being with having as little debt or being debt-free as possible in retirement. So are you going to allow your, your calculator to manage your lifestyle and your investments, or are you and your wife going to sit down and go, you know what, we just want to take the, the, the pressure off of our backs and pay the mortgage off? There's nothing wrong with it, except if you were to pay the mortgage off, if you end up being house rich and cash poor, let's suppose you've got a $700,000 house, okay, and it's paid for, and you've got $10,000 in the bank. That's probably not going to be a good scenario because now you're house rich and cash poor. But if you can retire the mortgage, get rid of that mortgage payment, you still have to pay taxes and interest on it, as, as I'm sure you're aware of. But if you just knock out the mortgage payment, now your house is paid for, you don't have to worry about that payment anymore. And if you have sufficient funds elsewhere to live off of, right, then then what's the big deal? Okay, in in, in my opinion. Because you have to you have to address the question this way. You know, am I getting the value out of life that money can is providing for me and my family? Or am I gonna have the calculator manage my lifestyle from this day forward? because I'm going to end up with a little bit more money down the road. That's the question you and your wife have to ask. There's a, there's a value for peace of mind. There's a value. So what if you pay the house off? You, know, you, you might have a little bit less money down the road, but it gives you more peace of mind today. I've seen clients go back and forth on all that. I get the math. I can demonstrate the math nine different ways in that scenario. Okay, But, but it really comes down to... What are your goals? What would you like to try to accomplish? And if you simply want to have the home paid for, then I don't see a problem with it. Uh, I think he yeah he, he's he's listening offline. Oh, he's listening offline. Yeah, okay, yeah. so 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 that's that's kind of the deal as far as that goes. Let's welcome William on the line from South Carolina. Good morning, William. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm well. How can I help you, sir? question about Social Security. Uh, my wife started collecting Social Security late uh, uh, October, November-ish of 2020. I got a uh, letter from Social Security saying that I'm eligible for spousal benefits, um, and I intend to apply uh, to collect Social Security benefits in November of 2021. Um, is by me, uh, my question is, by me uh, accepting spousal benefits, is that going to affect um, my benefits when I, um, I've, I've, I've chosen to wait until I was uh, 70 to collect the maximum amount? Or would that affect that? 
No, it, sh- it should not, William, and I can run that through a, a uh, scenario for you, but no, it should not, okay? But I want to double-check it for you, uh, but no, it should not affect your situation. Okay. Would that okay. automatically, when I apply, would my spousal benefits automatically then end? I think you've got to make an application for your benefits, and that will end the spousal benefits. Okay. 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 That so was yep. my question. Thank you. Absolutely. William, let me put you on hold, though, because I want to have somebody reach out and just double-check the answers for you on this, okay? We'll, we'll do a quick Social Security analysis for you and then uh, get, get things rolling for you. Appreciate the phone call. If you listen to Making Money Sense, give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. We're going to take a quick break here. I'm Larry Rosenthal. We'll be back in a moment with more of your Making Money Sense. Listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855 Rose 123. That's 855 767 3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. And here's another Money Minute with Larry Rosenthal. Proper financial planning starts with a firm foundation. Don't jump up to the third rung of the ladder when you're trying to climb to the top of the roof. Make sure your insurance is aligned properly. Make sure you have the right types of homeowners, auto, umbrella, disability, long-term care, life insurance, just to name a few. Financial planning starts with a firm foundation, and that foundation is your insurance. Then take a look at your cash flow. Are you able to save money? Save it in the proper places. Retirement planning, traditional IRAs, traditional 401k plans, Roth IRAs. Make sure that the dollars are actually working for you towards your investment objectives. sound financial advice you can depend on you found the larry rosenthal show call now with your questions 855-767-3123 or stop by LarryRosenthal.com. this is the larry rosenthal show appreciate you listening 855-767-3123 855-ROSE-123 to talk to larry rosenthal our financial and retirement expert here in studio larry of course, we were just talking about a whole different bunch of stuff. We're all over the map today on on the show, but but I, I kind of like that, yeah. and and yeah, it's, it makes it fun and and entertaining. You know, another thing too is that I want to point out as a financial blind spot in people's retirement years. Uh, I was working with a client not too long ago, a few weeks ago, and we were running out their financial plan, and and we're sort of building it for the first time around, you know, and and I said, you know, listen, I said, uh, you know, when you get to retirement, you know, what about some of your expenses in retirement? And they were talking about them and everything, and I said, well, what about the three cars you're going to buy? And they said, what do you mean? And I said, well, you know, if, if if you buy a car every every seven years, whether it's a new car or a used car, we got to put that in. And they're like, I never thought about this. Yeah. So just because we retire doesn't mean our lifestyle stops spending. We need cars. Another blind spot that people aren't aware of in their retirement years is helping grandkids with college. College is very expensive, as we know, right? And so, you know, what's the story there with with helping grandkids in college years? 
we see a lot of that going on as well. So there's a lot involved. And, you know, I mentioned a 130-point checklist, right? There's a lot of questions that need to come up when you're talking to a financial advisor about what to put inside your your financial plan so that you don't end up in, in some sort of a, uh, uh, you know, Bad surprise or, or get hit with some of these financial blind spots as well. Hey, let's welcome Dwayne on the line from Maine. Good morning, Dwayne. How are you? Good, and you? I'm well. How can I help you? I had a couple questions. One of them is about Social Security. I'm 62, and is it better to start collecting it earlier or later? If you're Financially, not. as far as what you gain. Sure, Dwayne. If you're not working, then most of the time it's best to take it right away. At 62, okay. If you are working, no, I'm working. And, I'm working and self-employed. Yeah, then if you're making over, I think the number this year is nineteen thousand dollars. If you're working and making more than that, then it's not your benefit because you're going to have to pay most of it back. So then you would continue to not take Social Security while you're working. Right. Um, so yeah, I'm just trying to figure out when to retire. Um, there's a couple other parts of that. Uh, I have a 401k and concerned about it in the market. Um, I've seen that thing roller coaster, and as I get closer to retirement, I'm like, well, what should I do with it to make it more secure? Well, you uh, need I to use on annuities or just pull it out. Well, uh, I mean, you're going to get all kinds of information on on all this stuff, and the way that we would approach it, Dwayne, is simply running a financial analysis taking a look at what your needs are, and then starting to back down the risk. The closer you are in time to needing your money to deliver income, the more less risk you want to have inside those investments, okay? That's the way that you yeah. do it. Now, whether it's in a mutual fund, a stock, an annuity, that's a second part of the, the, the discussion because that's the product, if you will, that will deliver that for you right there. But you've got to take a yeah. look at, you know, if, if your financial plan says, hey, I, I, I need to earn a 6% rate of return to make everything work, then why would you take the risk to try and get a 10% rate of return? Because now you're taking unnecessary risk on your overall dollars, and if the market moves against you, you might end up working another two years, right? So that's right. the way that we need to go about doing this is, is sort of take a look at how where your money's invested today, what you need to do to provide what your income needs are, and the first thing we have to do is determine what your exact income needs are in order to then figure out what the investments need to be. Okay, Find out what the needs are. That'll dictate the investment philosophy, and then we worry about the products, whether it's an annuity or mutual fund or UIP or whatever it may be. Okay, Don't worry about that because that stuff's not going to solve your income versus expense numbers. We still have to pick that up first. So I'll tell you what I'll do, Dwayne. If you want, I'll put you on hold, and we'll have one of our advisors reach out to you next week and show you how to build out a financial plan that will enable you to start reducing risk and getting ready for retirement, okay? Sounds good. Thank you for your help. Yep, absolutely. i put you on hold, and Bob will pick up and get some of your information. Appreciate the phone call. If you're listening to Making Money Sense, give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. Let's welcome Wes on the line from Virginia. Good morning, Wes. How are you today? Wes, are you there? Well, I guess he's not there. Hello, Wes, are you there? Yes, sir. Oh, there he is. Okay, there you are. Hey, how can I help you? Hey, so my question is this. Uh, I got laid off uh, back in September, and 
I started up a, a small business that's actually going uh, very well for us. And I did a 401k rollover into an IRA uh, with my TD Ameritrade account. And uh, now I'm trying to figure out how do I continue to make contributions both to an IRA and is there uh, some way that, because I have an S-Corp uh, for my business, a way that it can provide. Wes, I'm, I'm, um, I'm glad. I got to jump in here for a moment, Wes. I'm glad you're doing well. I'm going to put you on hold here and we'll pick you up. I've got to close out the show in just a second here. Um, so, okay. uh, Chris, can you put him on hold here? I've lost the screener on my screen. I can, absolutely. So you're listening to Making Money Sense. We'll be back next Saturday with another session of the Larry Rosenthal Show. For Bob and Chris in the back, I'm Larry. Have a wonderful week. We'll see you next Saturday at Making Money Sense. <laughs>